Michael, what are your thoughts, man? This is going to be a bad dad pun, but get ready for it. My thoughts are mixed. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Tech Unlocked podcast, the podcast where we unlock the latest tech news, leaks, and rumors. Uh, so you don't have to. I'm one of your hosts, Benji from Benoit Tech, and I'm joined as always by my fellow co-host, Taylor from Mr. Smartwatch. And today we have a special guest. And we have Michael uh, from Michael's Pe- Michael Pepper Tech. Talk- I can't remember what your channel name is. I'm sorry. <laughs> I took talk off from it because too many people were saying like TikTok and getting confused. And then it was confusing because I had a live ah, and a regular. Okay. So Michael I dropped Pe- the talk off from it because people didn't know if I was on like the live or the regular one. So Michael Pepper Tech. Oh, gotcha. There you go. Awesome. So, how nice are you guys doing? You, How's, how was your day? My day started with <laughs> my son escaping our apartment and not telling me, and me waking up to him outside and trying to start the car that we're borrowing from our friends. And he literally had figured out how to like unlock the car with the keys and like hopped in there and was messing around. <laughs> oh my! A four-year-old. This boy is a genius. I mean, luckily, I I caught yeah. it and went out there. But I was like, dude, how did you like? get out and do all this stuff without me hearing you and also he must have like not walked over just right because i have cameras in my apartment and he should have tripped one of those but he must have walked by the front door and not moved over just right so it didn't trip one of them so and the one of in his room should have gone off and let me know like hey he's up but apparently it didn't he's gonna, so. he's gonna, he's gonna become a spy one day <laughs> Damn! Damn! Technology, yeah. though. I love crazy. it. I love it. You know, uh, Apple. You know, Apple's with their ecosystem. This is one thing, Taylor. I think you would enjoy to talk about a little bit here is um, the fact that I could use HomeKit from my cameras because I have the Eufy ones, and I can check them yep. on my watch by like asking Siri to show me. I'm not gonna say it, but like my standard, my son's name's room or like living room. And it pops up on my watch and I can check it from there. It's really convenient. Or like when you went to send me the like wanted to know what time I was going to be here. I had my watch on me because it was connected on Wi-Fi. I was outside. So I just replied from that, even though my phone was like almost dead. So just that those wow. little convenient things of like, I don't have to struggle, figure out, grab my phone, go into the app. I can just ask it pops up and shows me here like same thing on the apple tv or on my mac or whatever device you're on it's pretty nice right it's awesome oh yeah very convenient so i guess to to give everybody a little bit of a rundown of what we're going to be covering in today's episode um really had to hunt for these news stories because there's literally been like barely anything this past week uh, in terms of news it's been a bit dry but we're going to be talking a little about the new MacBook Airs and kind of like our thoughts on it so far, even though I don't think any of us have one, uh, but we've seen some of the reviews nope. and stuff like that. Um, so kind of share a couple of thoughts on that. We've got some iPhone 14 news and drama going on. We're talking about iPhone 15 and then we've got, well, a bunch of other Apple stuff. We're also going to be t- talking a little bit about Google testing some AR stuff uh, next month. Let's start off with, with the first topic that, that I that I thought we could cover about the new MacBook Airs. What what are your guys' thoughts? I'm sure you've probably seen a couple of reviews or some articles out there. Um, 
what what are your thoughts on on this new product that Apple has just launched? My thoughts are unless you absolutely are going to be like connecting to MagSafe and need two ports all the time, I feel and like or need like the extra 100 nits of brightness. I feel like the M1 is still a better, especially now that like the base model can be had for easily like 850. I don't know. Like I've seen it for 850 euros. I've seen it for 850 USD, like for the base model, you're getting the same eight gigs of unified memory and the same 256 of storage. And you're getting most of the performance. Like from what I've seen, it's what maybe a 12%, sometimes upwards of like 17% performance. But at that low end in particular, it's not much difference. If you're going up from there, um, if you're just going to upgrade storage so that you get the faster storage, I can see that. But once you start adding the memory, then it's like, well, you're not too far from 14-inch MacBook Pro price. Once you start going to like the 16, 512, you're really super close, especially um, with student discounts. And yeah, you get you tend to get the same percentage, but I've noticed sometimes they give more of a discount on the MacBook Pro than the Air, so it gets you even closer to that. Because like my MacBook Pro, I got um, it was two hundred dollars off. Now you can find it right now for that, uh, like Amazon and stuff has had it for seventeen ninety nine. But I got it when it was normal full price for that. That so it was like eighteen hundred and eighty four dollars with taxes or whatever. So then when you load up a MacBook Air to that price, and then if you consider, like, I might have to add a dongle on there to get, like, uh, you know, your SD card and maybe extra ports and things like that. Of course. You're looking at, you know, within a $100 price range. um, You know, it's one of those things. But battery life, that's the other thing. So if you're a student and you're somebody that, like, well, I want the newer because it's probably going to get me, like, one year more of, of... software updates potentially and the camera on it is is updated and you have a brighter screen so if you're sitting outside like in in a park or um i can't remember what they call it in the in the uk but like you know outside in the in the like the front area of the college or university or whatever just chilling to have that for being outside the other thing that allows is like you don't have to have it cranked up to full brightness to get to that same 400 nits. You could have it at 80% of the brightness, which means you're it's more efficient than having to turn it all the way up. I would assume it's, I mean, it's nits for nits, but if you think about that, they figured out a way to make it more efficient to be able to do that. Um, there's some things in there. Um, if you're doing even minor photo editing and like short little videos, I think for people that are into TikTok or like Instagram reels or shorts, Anything that, or even you're just editing like five minutes of a video at a time, the Air versus the Pro doesn't seem to be too much of a difference going up to the Pro if you're going for long term, especially with the encoder on there. So, like people who like to shoot with some of the Canon cameras and some, uh, like even like um, some of the Sony's, that footage is pretty hard. So, having that new, the new um, media engine in there. And even anybody who's got like an iPhone 13 and wants to experiment with some of that um, higher quality image or like HDR and like ProRes and stuff, just to have Mm -hmm. that in there could be worth like the $200 difference to some people. Um, And like for me, 
since a lot of times when I'm using my MacBook docked, it's hooked up to my monitor that can provide like maxes out the wattage it can take over USB anyways. Um, I could probably go with a MacBook Pro that would have had four USB-C slash Thunderbolt ports instead of the MagSafe. But then I love having the MagSafe because I have a four-year-old who runs around and likes to trip over things. So that's the other thing. Like <laughs> for people, for people who maybe like don't want to work outside of the home anymore or have been working from home, but like they've been sitting at a desktop and now they want to have something more portable that's gonna be powerful enough for most of those jobs, having that. So that you can just like literally grab your MacBook and walk away from your desk and you don't have to even think about unplugging it. It just kind of unplugs itself. Or like, like I said, you have kids running around. That's another. But at the same time, like I said, it's just there's some like niche stuff where the M1 still is like almost overkill for most anybody unless you're doing those few niche things. Yeah. And then it's like, at what point? is that so niche that you should just step up to the 14 inch or the 16 inch or, you know, when you start getting Apple's brilliant with that though. If you think about it, they do that with all their line iPads, you have the air, which has the M one, but then you have the pro. If you want like the higher um, refresh rate display, um, if you're doing a lot more drawing, if you want mini led, it's the same idea, right? Like the MacBook air. And then you have like, the 14 and 16 inch macbook pro has the mini leds so if you're doing like hdr work or um just want that bright that much brighter display like the way that they're lining things up is brilliant and i wouldn't be surprised if we see like um something similar with iphone i mean we're starting to see that with iphones but um Oh, well, we're going to talk about that later, so I won't talk about it. Remind me about it later, but um, when you were yeah. going to talk about iPhone 14 and the differences, that kind of parallels to it made me think about some of the rumors with that. So, Yeah, and I think also another advantage with, uh, I guess, backtracking a little bit to the MagSafe on the MacBook Air. Something I love about MagSafe on my 14-inch MacBook Pro is the fact that it enables basically fast charging. Um, so it's fat, like I plug it in. And within like half an hour, I've got enough battery to last me a bunch of hours to do editing or whatever. Um, and I'm pretty sure I could be wrong. Uh, the new MacBook Air has that as well. So so you could do so that is also, I think, another um, another difference that can be major for some people, uh, especially college students and stuff. They just need to quickly charge their MacBook. They don't need they don't want to like spend two hours charging it fully. Um, they can just use fast charging with MagSafe. But Taylor, do you have any any thoughts yourself about the the new MacBook Airs? No, I I just gotta say that I think um, as far as the reviews, and uh, I'm not sure if you guys watched any, but I felt like a lot of people got the same color. Um, I love the colors. I think they're they're really nice. Um, but yeah, I. I that's pretty much it. I mean, I didn't really like. I'm not really in in for another MacBook, so I really didn't pay attention to any specs or anything. But um, yeah, yeah. So I do. I do really like the midnight though. The midnight color. I think yes. that should be yes. Even well, though, like. Even though I'm not the biggest fan of Midnight, just because it's like it's not actually black, it's dark blue. In fact, I hate mm -hmm. I hate my Apple Watch Series Seven because of that. 
Uh, but other than that, the watch is great. Um, so I wish. I mean, if you like... want a switch, I'll, get, I'll send you my SC. You can send me that one. That's fine. <laughs> no, I'm 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 good. Thank you. I'm good. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but but like it would be nice if it was like the the black from the other Apple watches, like the midnight color they used to have, whatever that was called, the slate. The green, the midnight, the green for the Apple Watch is the same kind of thing. Like, unless you're in really bright light, it kind of looks black. And then when you're in like any light like this, you get that. You can really tell. Like, if I go like this, like that's. Yeah. You can see. Is that supposed to be green? Yes. Oh, (laughs) I thought that's the thing. (laughs) That's the thing. I was like. You have to have really Honestly, bright light because these lights are on pretty good. So, yeah. Wow. Apple is Apple is just doing some whack stuff with their color color schemes. Yeah, they they, they really are. So they weird. really are. It's like with the MacBook Air, you would expect them to go with the same color lineup as the iPhone or the iMac, but no, they have to like do four I'm different colors why... that no other devices have. Like. You had the iMac and you have the iPad Air and you have these boys that all have like five, six, seven colors. But then mm-hmm. with the MacBooks, like the pros, they get two colors, but then the Air, they they get four colors, but two of them aren't any colors that are in like that other lineup, really. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Star- I mean, Starlight like- is like the only, you can get a Starlight watch, <laughs> you can get a Starlight um what a starlight ipad and a starlight um macbook air but i think that's the transition so like this year they're like oh we're gonna bring the starlight and we're bringing this midnight blue to the macbook and then that's the new colors for the ipads this year i guess i'm assuming that ipad pros are probably going to get the same kind of and i wonder if they're going to go to a thicker ipad pro since they already made it flat on the sides last year if we're going to go back to a slightly thicker for um, battery especially because i've noticed with like my 12.9 inch ipad pro with ios ipad os 16 it's like awful battery life if you're using with like my key- bluetooth keyboard and mouse and using it with um i mean obviously if i'm connected up to my monitor it's charging it but even then like that's a thing <laughs> like yeah it, I mean, the, I, the I stage manager is going to kill it. <laughs> yeah, I've got uh, iPad OS 16 on my 11-inch uh, 2018 iPad Pro, and the battery life I've noticed is not as good as it was before. Um, I mean, it wasn't great before because it was already the battery health is kind of not good. Um, oh, but yeah, I mean, even on my iPhone, the battery life has kind of sucked recently. One Beta thing three. I thought about when you mentioned MagSafe there was um the thing i i mean obviously you can do this with USB-C as well or thunderbolt or whatever but the idea of like since all these macbooks pretty much will charge at like 100 like even the um 14 inch macbook pro if you use a uh a power brick through magsafe that's high wattage or like a regular straight up cable because i tested it it will actually charge at 100 watts like you can get higher than that 67. Um, but the idea of like, if I, my wife, like, let's say got the new MacBook air, like, let's say next year, the M3 series comes out and the M2s drop down in price. And I go, I'm going to get you one of those. We can use the same MagSafe charger. And it doesn't matter if you have the air or the pro, 
and you don't have to like look around and be like in the middle of the night trying to struggle to plug this thing into a port on one side or the other and scraping up the side of it you just magsafe right to the side of it and whatever your device can handle it will charge because apple even if i had like the 16 inch with the 140 watt then that macbook would support that but like the macbook air is only gonna support up to the whatever the you know max that it can take is which is kind of cool yeah yeah there have been a lot of people that have been complaining i guess going back slightly to the macbook air a lot of people have been complaining about the fact that you still can't connect two monitors to it you can only have one which is kind of stupid but i mean it has two 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 ports so that's i think think it's just it's a limitation on the m2 it's a graphics band. It was the same thing. with the M1. So, yeah, there's a there's a limitation on the graphics bandwidth for like the memory and stuff that they're using because it's clocked differently than the pros and even like the the graphics cores are different in there. And yeah, it's like well, an old i3 Intel could do it. Yeah, because it's using an Intel, and a lot of those had like HD graphics which were dedicated for it, and there was some other thing, but like. It also was doing that at like what 1366 by 768 on some of those monitors. And now people are doing this to like 1440p and 4K and stuff. And Apple's <laughs> yeah, not going to be like, yeah, you can do it, but only at like two 720p monitors. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, they would... But also, I think most people who will be buying this MacBook Air, they won't be connecting it to more than one monitor, at least. Like most people aren't even going to use yeah, a monitor. I don't think so. No. So it doesn't. And it, if they it's, are, it's, it's like, something that is nice to have, like being able to connect to multiple monitors. But for that type of computer, that type of demographic that Apple's trying to reach, they don't need that. Oh yeah, no, no. If if you want to connect to more than one monitor, you can always go buy the MacBook Pro. <laughs> Not the 13-inch one though. Don't stupid. And with that, with those, so I, from what I gather. The way Apple's doing it is you get one dis- you get one display out over um, Thunderbolt, and then you yep. have your internal display, right? And the and part of the reason is the internal display uses a connector that's actually Thunderbolt to DisplayPort to HDMI, like it's converting all through those protocols inside the device for the the internal display. That's why, like, if you look like a Mac Mini how it can connect one for Thunderbolt and one for HDMI. It's because the MacBook Air is basically doing the same thing. And then on the bigger MacBook Pros, it's because the uh, Thunderbolt ports have that double the memory bandwidth. Like you're, go- you're going to the higher memory, ba- what's the 200 and 400 gigabit per second memory bandwidth or whatever, depending on if you have like the M1 Pro, the M1 Ultra, the M1 Max chip. And so that comes into play um, with what it can handle. So it adds, it allows it to add that extra one in there and do basically two over Thunderbolt. But you still have that one that's doing the native drive. That's a lot of pixels, too. I did the math on it at one point. If you hook a MacBook mm-hmm. Pro, the 14-inch up to like the 6K displays that it can handle, plus the 4K, plus the native, it's like 26 million pixels. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Anyway, um, um <laughs> shall we move on to the next topic? Taylor, do you wanna do you wanna introduce the next topic for, for us? 
Sure. Um, wait, where were we? <laughs> so we're Jesus. an iPhone 14 now. Yeah, that's what I thought. I wanted to make sure. Um, so iPhone 14 supply issues should have limited impact on mass production. What do you guys think? Apple's just going to do the same what? thing they probably did back with, uh, was it the uh, 12 series or whatever, where the, the mini and the Pro Max was released after the 12 and the 12 Pro. So this year we'll see yep. probably, I'm going to guess that it's going to be a little bit different. I'm going to guess it's, it will be like 14 and 14 Pro, and then we'll see the Max ones mm-hmm. come later. Um, although right. I could be wrong, it could be that both of the regular ones come in and then the Pro ones come later because... Um, as we've seen them talk about how like the 14 and 14 max are supposed to basically be using kind of, they're probably going to call it the a 16, but it's basically the a 15 with like slight improvement, but it's not the full powered one. See, that's what people, what people get on my nerves when they're like, it's the old chip. Not really. It's just not the full bore of the new one. It's essentially the old one because it's got all the cores that the a15 bionic from like the 13 pro and 13 pro max had mm-hmm. and they're still using the old nanometer process but it's not it's it's like that halfway ground kind of like the m2 is not the m1 pro but it's also not the m1 i feel like that's kind of the half step um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that the pro models could be released later since they're going to need the new chips and they're going to want but on the other hand, I could right. be wrong because if you think about it, we know that more people buy the cheaper models than the pro models, so they'd need right. to have more of those chips ready. But on the but the same thing, like they can always just shut off part of the course for like one that's supposed to go in the pro if they if people are buying more of the regular. They've done it before. Um. So yeah, true. I think that that's the, and then um. Earlier when I said something, you know, about how it kind of relates to what they're doing is I think that that's where we're seeing Apple is going to do. They're going to start segmenting where like the bait, the regular iPhone. So let's Mm -hmm. say it's like the iPhone. I was going to say X, but they already used that name. The iPhone N. Let's use N as like the whatever it's called. And then you'll have the N Max and then you'd have the N Pro and N Pro Max version of it. From mm-hmm. here on out, I feel like the N and the N Max versions are going, because they already did it with the 13, are going to have a slightly lower clock processor. And then the cameras obviously are different. And then the Pro and the Pro Max um, are going to be start differentiating themselves. And we're even starting to see that where right. they're saying that like the was it the 14 pro is supposed to have like a 0.1 or 0.2 inch larger screen than the 14 this year where like the 13 and 13 pro are the same so we're starting to see where they're going to kind of be like the pro models not only get a bigger display but both of them are slightly bigger so to differentiate some of this and pack in bigger battery so if they're starting to do all this stuff and add higher megapixel cameras they're going to need bigger battery for that in the pro and pro max series um, and pushing 120 hertz they're not going to want people to be like, well, I can just buy the 14 max and get way more battery life because it's got the same size, you know, same size screen, same size battery doesn't get as bright. Doesn't, you know, so yeah, I, th- yeah, 
same thing with their iPads. We're starting to see like the iPad Air is getting this the similar processor to the iPad Pro. Um, I think that Apple needs to call it the iPhone 14 Air or like the 15 Air. They should they should take the Air name, yeah. and then yep. people wouldn't be as mad if they start if they're using like a slightly different processor because like the m1 that's in the ipad air is actually slightly different um with performance wise than some of the things that we're seeing in the because like for example you don't get the option for more memory and the storage limitations and i think even some of the gpu stuff is slightly different and that's just the size of the device you know you're talking about a a, you know it's only slightly smaller than an 11 inch ipad pro but Um, there's difference in cooling in there difference in battery there's some things that are just they're starting to separate these things and i think eventually that's what's going to happen is we'll have like an iphone air and an iphone pro line and they're doing that with the macbooks i think um imac is going to do that i i think that that's what we're going to see with the next because there's no imac pro right now that what the m1 imac is going to become what they'll call like an iMac Air, and then you'll have like the the M2 Pro chip put into like an iMac Pro, and then um, similar thing with like their Mac Mini because we yeah. didn't see a desktop with an M1 Pro chip, so they could do a Mac Mini and have like the Mac Mini Air, and then the Mac Mini Pro, and then you'd have the Studio and the and um. Or who knows? Maybe they're going to bring studio name to their. Uh, although they probably get sued by Microsoft for that because Microsoft has the studio laptop and the and the studio oh, yeah. computer, so they have to be careful with some of that. But sorry, my brain just took that in a hole. But like that's what I think they're going to do with the with the iPhone 14 is just a little bit more separation because we started to see that with the 13 from the 12 series, and yep. now the yep. 14 will be one more step. And then by the time the 15 comes around. And it's been that three year when the redesign should take place. They can right. make that jump and people will be like, okay, um, you know, we're fine paying uh, more of a difference in between because the pro maybe starts with 256 gigs of storage and the base one starts and the regular starts with 112 and they start to separate those things like they do with the, the MacBooks. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think, yeah, I think it would be really cool if they, if they did like rename the iPhone like iPhone Air or something like that. Because then Apple has, like, for example, iPad, and then they've got the iPhone SE, and kind of, so, the, like, those phones are kind of like the base uh, budget, well, if you want to call them budget versions of the device. And then they've got the Air, which is kind of like a mid-range um, tier. And then they've got the Pros, which are, of course, for the Pros. Um, right. And, like, Studio and stuff like that. Because I think there's also been rumors of an iPad Studio, which is basically just like a an iPad pro, but bigger <laughs> without 120 mm-hmm. Hertz. I think that's what some people were saying. So it'll be interesting to see how they go with naming, but I think, I think it's what Apple is doing with the iPhone 14 this year about kind of like separating the, the, the 14 from the 14 pro a little bit more. I think it's a good thing because they want to yeah. be pushing yeah. more sales towards the better product. They don't want to like sell the middle child or the middle product um because it's not as good and they don't make as many as much profit um and so if they did if now that they're doing like they're not putting the same chip 
in the in both phones that's another thing that people need to consider when they're when they're picking a new phone they're like do i want the better processor or do i want the worst yeah. processor yeah. do i want three cameras or do i have want two cameras it's that then they have more 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 it's more diverse um and even i think with the design because the design of the 14 pro is going to oh, be slightly yeah. different at least in the front than the regular you, 14 with the punch do all. you th- not punch thing um do you think that probably not on this one but like um with some of the rumors of the new protocols for like a new version of airdrop and for like audio for lossless and stuff that we're going to see that on like the 15 pro series. And that will help with transfer for um, the pro res. Cause that's the one thing people are like, how do I transfer my stuff? Because lightning is so slow and airdrop. Is- I mean, I don't have problems with airdrop, but I get it. Like if you don't have the newest of everything, it is a lot slower, but like I noticed that, um because i have well overkill for my network and i have like you know the m1 pro macbook that the bandwidth that that can handle um you know i can do i can do like 30 gig pro res and it will transfer in a few minutes um you know some people that takes like 15 20 minutes an hour to transfer pro res but i think that that knew that that would be a good time for them to to shift you know new design we can have uh you know, going to the next um, nanometer process of the chip will allow them mm-hmm. to have the processor be smaller so then they can attach on whatever the uh, the module that's required to do that is, whether it's like a U2, you know, because they have the U1 that they've been putting in stuff for ultra wideband, be the next for that. Same thing with the iPad, um, same thing with their MacBooks. You know, we're starting to see that they're putting all this stuff so that devices know when they're near each other. I take off my headphones and I bring them near my my MacBook, even though I turned off the auto transfer. It goes, oh, your AirPods Max are near your device. Do you want to connect? And I do the manual connect. We're starting to see that or like uh, sidecar and um, where you and also where you can use your keyboard and mouse. It all uses that for it to be a little bit faster yeah. on the newer. I mean, older devices still do it, but I think that's where they're headed is like we're going to see a, a pro res optimized version um of that but like that would be a great that would be another thing like okay so you're shooting pro res and you have the pro iphone and now you have a reason to get an ipad pro and you have a reason to get a macbook pro because they all have that um standard that you need to be able to transfer that i mean you can do it on the old ones you can do it with airdrop you can do it with a cable it might just be a little now you could just shoot from your iphone and and have it over especially oh, i just thought about that with the new where you can use your iphone as a webcam mm-hmm. oh yeah if they that allow if they allowed that same protocol where you could have your iphone be controlled remote from your mac and record prores and then it's just using the new standard and it's actually transferring in live time prores back to your mac or when it's done it transfers it that would be sick like can you imagine in a studio you could literally set up like two iPhones and have them record in ProRes and you'd have just whatever storage your MacBook has because if it could if it can handle airdropping it should be able to do that in pretty well live time and as I mean by then the protocol that they're using in Mac OS Ventura and that they're using in iOS 16 I mean by iPhone 15 what will be on iPad iOS 17 
Mac OS like 15. It'll be a couple versions from now. We'll be what three chips from the current series because you have the 13, 14, and 15. I think that's where yeah, they're mm-hmm. headed. Is everything just gonna be crazy? Like no wires. And that's also the first That'll, year after the whole EU thing where you know that's because by then 2025 everything's supposed to be switched over all of the cables are supposed to use the same thing um yeah they could say we they could say oh our iphones now have this new and they could just say it's for video transfer but it's really so they follow the standard we're bringing thunderbolt because they won't they don't have to call it USB-C because then they don't have to admit that you know hey we had to switch over they can just call it thunderbolt because that's because if you notice, that's what they do on their MacBooks. It's Thunderbolt 4 slash USB, whatever. They they kind of put that in the background. So the same thing with the iPhone. <laughs> same thing with AirPods. Same thing with everything. In order to get this the Mac. faster, it's going to be... They'll just use that name. Yeah. Because you know how, like, I think we were marketing. Yeah, we were talking... I think it was with El Jefe uh, a couple weeks back. We had him on a, as a... Um, as a guest and he was talking about how like there's companies like like apple for example that are kind of trying to replace bluetooth because bluetooth as of right now it's very limited with what it can do and that's one of the reasons why things like airdrop and and stuff like that are are a bit slow ish um and so apple is kind of really trying to push creating their own version that's more efficient that's faster that can um that will then be able to replace cables you know, eventually in the future, and I think that's exciting. I'm excited for that they, future. They Ron did Nolan something similar. Oh, yeah, sure. They did something similar, and uh, um, well, you guys might be too young to actually remember this or know that, but the um, airport, Apple's airport, originally back in like oh, the yeah. late night, you know, because Apple was the first to do um, internet over Wi-Fi. You know, Wi-Fi existed before that. It was for radio transmission, for like. Um, short distance radio transmission, which is funny when people are like, oh, we have Wi-Fi direct. Yeah, that's existed since like the 90s. Actually, it's existed since like the 70s and 80s. But anyway, but that's the Apple was doing that. That's what they wanted. They had a different standard. So then Belkin came out right. and they had a router. And um, I remember that was an issue for people because if you had the old WEP internet standard and have WPA or WPA2, you couldn't connect, so you had to like take that Belkin's router and like roll it back to an old standard to connect some Macs and some computers to it. And Apple mm-hmm. was trying to push everybody away, and Belkin's like, "Well, we don't want to license it." And now look who's licensing everything from Apple Belkin for all their stands and all their stuff. So we're starting to see it come back around. There, well, only you know, thirty years later, we're starting to see. <laughs> 25 years later we're starting to see that roll back around so i think you're right on that you know that and we've seen leaks for the um a new version of like airport i don't know what they would call Mm -hmm. it airport pro max or airport because they already had airport extreme what do you go after that like with name (laughs) anyways airport mars and that um not only will that be for like internet Wi-Fi connection, but it will be optimized for transmission of data and video between Apple devices. So, um, you know, right now, if you have an Apple TV and you try to airdrop or use it as like a second screen, how it does the limits you to like 1080p, and then the same thing, like airdrop is slower and 
um, even sending like I even like iMessage, I think we could see open up with a with new standards because everything will be faster locally, local connection. Um, yeah, I'm ex honestly I'm excited to see where this like where the wireless future uh when this wireless future will come because it seems promising um but i mean just to quickly to yeah. touch on another another piece of iphone 14 news before we move on to iphone 15 um so apparently the iphone 14 is supposed to sell better than the third uh, the 14 is supposed to sell better than the 13 don't exactly know who came up with this forecast um but who well, knows? Yeah. I mean, their numbers did drop a little bit. You know, they were, well, uh, um, you know, two, three years ago, we were seeing them sell like 240, 250 million iPhones a year. And then they've kind of dipped below that 200 million mark. And, you know, it only required them selling like a few hundred thousand more for that. To, or you could sell one more iPhone. And that's true, you know. Um, and we're out of pandemic now. Yeah. So if you think about it, like the two previous, like the 12 series, you dropped, dropped in the middle of a pandemic when people are just starting to like lose their jobs and stuff. And then you're introducing 5g and then plans are getting more expensive because of that too. And like people are having, are upgrading their phones because they think I need to upgrade because I have to have 5g. And then people are like, Oh crap, I'm getting worse battery life than I was getting on my 11 pro max on my 12 pro max. So then they why. upgrade. Some people upgraded to the 13 series because of that. Other people had waited and they're like, Oh, now I can get the pro and get the same st camera stuff without having to get the pro max and shell out money. Um, and then the mini people were like, disappointed in the 12 mini so they didn't buy the 13 mini or people love the 12 mini but hated the battery life so they gave it another but i feel like the 14 it's it makes more sense because people keep their phones for about three years so now you have people that have like the iphone 10 that were a little iffy on didn't really see the advantage of getting like or i guess it was 10s because i forgot about the 10s 10r they were a little iffy about going to the 11 series because they were like, oh, the 10s. Because I remember 10s and 10s Max was pretty eh on battery life. And some of the other things yeah. that they, they brought in from the 10 series, some of the upgrades were just kind of. And so people were waiting to upgrade or they didn't see like, I don't shoot anything at night, so I don't need the better night stuff. But now that like video is getting upgraded and like, um, night is like improved on all of the lenses and we're starting to see them really take some of this stuff seriously. And there's new features like um, even some of like the share play stuff that you kind of have to have the newer phones for and are like a uh, face unlock. You had to have the 12 or 13 series to do like the mask unlock. We're going to start seeing people like I need to upgrade to get some of these features and it will shift them out, which Apple smart again with their marketing on that, like, yeah. holding some of the features to get people to and the max people just want a big phone but don't want to pay like the pro prices that 14 max could be really brilliant i could even see like people yeah, who want I a big so. phone for their kids instead of a tablet yeah and they're like well uh -huh. i'm gonna pay about the same price to have a, a phone line as a tablet line but i can get a 14 max you know, over 24 months where maybe my tablet's only over 12 months on there and it's probably worse performing and I don't want to shell out for like an iPad Pro to get the better performance. They could throw an iPad, an iPhone 14 Max on their plan 
for like 20 bucks a month or whatever, $18.33 a month. And carriers will probably be giving that away because we see that buy one, get one deals on these things when they first come out. Like that's where I see the genius of it. Like you have two kids, you just throw like two iPhone 14 maxes base level on there. Cause you don't need a ton of storage cause they're just streaming everything. And like I'm on T-Mobile. So to add a phone is, is $30. But a lot of times they do that deal where like, if you have two or more lines, you can get into, so I have like three free lines right now. And technically I could go get another one. So like if I went on and was like, well, I'm going to upgrade my iPhone and then I'll do a buy one, get one deal plus do the free line thing. Or you do, you know, do that for your kids. So you're only adding one line you're adding two lines, but you're only paying for one instead of being considered like $30 a line. It's basically 30 for two. That's the same price as adding a tablet, but you're not stuck with like shelling out for a tablet. That's, you know, a thousand dollars for like a base model. And then, you know, um, to get, you know, to get cellular on there. And then a lot of times those are only maybe over 12 months where a phone sometimes is over 24 or even 30 months. So, and if you're doing it for a kid, you probably could do it over 30 months because you're probably not going to upgrade their phone for a while. Um, nah, I think it's brilliant yeah. on Apple's part. You have a large device. It's what, 6.7 inches or whatever it's going to be. And that's pretty amazing. And for It'll older people too, like Heart of Vision. Yeah. And there, there's a that. segment of people that have that whole issue with the refresh rate. Um, like, uh, we know our buddy digital slang has the, the whole thing with like the PWS where it gives them migraines and there's like a bunch of people, but they don't get those issues on the regular models with some of these things. So we know like there'll be yeah. some people that will buy it. They just want a larger iPhone and they haven't upgraded since like the iPhones, like they're probably on iOS 14 because they can't upgrade anymore. <laughs> like there are people that are like that, but they don't want to upgrade yeah, right. to, a pro but they don't want the base model because they're going to hold on to this thing for a while so they still want a large device and they still want the big battery and if the battery just down to like 80 percent in five years it's still yeah got huge battery life on that thing you're still going to go all day and for what they're doing and texting and so uh-huh but also one more thing i wanted to touch on before we move on to the next topic um like personally i don't think I don't ex- I don't see how the iPhone 14 can sell better than the 13 simply because of the economy right now like all over the world like inflation's yeah. going up people are struggling to to pay their bills and stuff let alone buy a new phone um so I guess we'll see May- maybe things will be different in September um maybe inflation Hopefully. will settle down or wages will go up um but we'll see. I mean, I definitely get your point though with the Max. I think the Max is going to be one of the best-selling iPhones, um, simply because it has that bigger display, and also it's a newer, it's a new, new, I guess, phone. It's not like a phone that that's already come out before, um, and so people will want to try it and stuff like that. And it, a lot, I think, a lot of people even get the Pro Max because it has a bigger screen, even though it's <laughs> so yeah. much more expensive than the regular thirteen. Um, but yeah, so yes, moving on to next topic. So we've got iPhone 15 Pro Max. So apparently this is from Ming-Chi Kuo, um, and he's saying that the iPhone 15 Pro Max 
will be the small sole sole Apple smartphone of 2023 to get a periscope camera lens, um, which will enhance the optical zoom. So this is exciting, um, but also not exciting. I've seen a lot of people complain about the fact that um, the rumors are saying that only the 15 Pro Max is going to have it and not the regular 15 Pro. But what a lot of people yeah. don't realize is that we're talking about a big phone that has this huge camera thing inside compared to a smaller phone that they try to fit the same thing in. Um, so it's either you sacrifice battery life or you just get the bigger size. Uh, but what are your guys' ah, thoughts on the on the whole Periscope camera thing on iPhone? And what do you think about it being exclusive to the 15 Pro Max? I mean, why not bring it to all Pro models? But, I mean, it is what it is, I guess. I think that, um, you know, at one point there is going to be, like, a thing where... We, you don't know what, what to do next. So I think that, you know, these little things just for the cameras that they've been doing each and every year is great. Uh, but how many people are actually going to use the periscope lens on, I'm not going to say a day-to-day -day basis, but frequently enough, you know. So I don't know, but... That's just my thoughts. So I think ah. I think the the whole point with a periscope lens is because it's like um, sideways, it can kind of be used as a zoom lens. Right. I think so you yep. can adjust yep. it. Which I mean, for someone like me, like I, I've had I've had phones with a telephoto lens before. I've had phones with an ultra wide before. Mm -hmm. I've got an iPhone 13 mini that has an ultra wide, and sometimes I would prefer. In fact, like if I had the choice, I would choose the telephoto over an ultra wide. And if it can zoom, like, op if it has like good optical zoom, and you can zoom into to to things more than just the three X, I think that would be cool. Um, Michael, what what are your thoughts? So I can see where um, where they're headed with this, but I also had something come into mind with our whole discussion with in them introducing like a larger non-pro phone that um we've seen apple kind of go back and forth with devices like uh they brought in the 12 mini and then they were supposed to get rid of yeah. it but then they did the 13 mini and then both pro 13 series phones are basically the same it's just one's a larger version of the other i think that apple's been testing to see like what are the sweet spots that people want and what features can we pack into each and I think this year with them doing the 14 max is to see if they can get enough people to that, that they might just get rid of the base model pro phone. And then that way there's a, a, a jump price difference. And then they can say, well, if you're getting a pro phone, it's one size, it gets all these extra features. You get the big screen, the big battery, the big cameras. And if you don't want that stuff, if you don't need that, then we have, if you don't need the camera stuff, but you still want the large screen, then we have the the max, and if you don't need the large screen, then we have the regular. Because I feel like the pro kind of made them realize that, or they thought that some people would, more people would buy that. 
but I don't think as many people bought that as they th were expecting. I think they were thinking, well, we offer it on both, so people will. But then people are like, well, it's only a hundred dollars difference, but and they saw like huge battery life difference. And if you look at it, it's an eighteen percent battery bigger battery on the Pro Max than the Pro. So people pay we're willing to pay like the hundred dollars difference or like what four dollars a month on their plan difference. And this would be in line with everything that we would that we're I we're seeing. And I think the same thing with the iPad. The iPad Air is going to replace the base model 11-inch iPad Pro. Um, I think that's why they didn't put the mini LEDs on it, because I think they're just going to get rid of that. And we're going to see like uh, larger yep. Pros. And I think that's going to happen with everything, because we're seeing them doing that with the MacBooks, right? The 14- and 16-inch MacBook Pro, and then you have the smaller Air. Uh, iPhones, I think they need to figure out a way to push people to be like, this is the definitive line between the regular and the Pro, and it's more than like, I'm just going to get an extra camera on there because as I've discovered their zoom camera, isn't it? It's just like, yeah, it's one of those. I, I kind of regret the only reason I got the pro was for promotion and to test out like ProRes and um, some of the HDR advantages it has. But then when I started using like their three X just isn't, I don't know the, the quality there. Um, the main center is always the most important. So as we're seeing them go to larger sensors and they're talking about like 48 megapixel main sensor, I think Apple's going to do what I was hoping Google would do with their pixel. And we're going to see them do like a, uh, uh, we'll give you a larger main sensor at 48 megapixels and you can bin those for better night performance, or you can, zoom or as we see them do with the 2x anyways and even sometimes when you go to the 3x i don't know if you guys have noticed this that it just crops in on the main sensor but when you're doing that on an iphone with 12 megapixels it just isn't it but if you go to a 48 you can go in four times that instead of 12 megapixels you can go in eight times that and have a six megapixel which would be basically the 2x crop on the current um, and that covers your ranges because with 48 megapixel, that particular number, if you think about it, that's a visible by two, three, four, six, and eight. And obviously beyond that 12, 16, you know, but they can crop in on that and still remain with a pretty good quality image. So they could go up to like a, that four and six and eight point and then jump up to the the periscope if you want higher than that and still have the quality because the problem right now like on my s22 ultra is you have like the normal and then you have a five and then you have a 10 but there's nothing at that lower range unless it's cropping in on the main sensor and then from five to ten again there's a jump so unless you're just going to throw two sensors in there that you're going to crop in and if you're between those there's a problem and apple doesn't like to do that and so I think that that's what we're going to see them do is it's going to be a 10x and then you'll have a large main sensor for those times where it's like I need better low light performance. And then if I'm in good light, it's going to use that yeah. as well um, for those in between ranges. And we know how they are with um, when you shift lenses and how you don't really see too much of a jump and even like their color correction. I think they've been waiting to get a sensor that can do that that we don't get the color mm -hmm. shift like you see other companies sometimes there's like a huge dramatic color shift and like the angle too um to fit a sensor in there and have the angle where um 
you know, you have the triangle on the back of the iPhone and they're all angled and lined up. So when you switch lenses, it's like you're at the same angle to the subject. Well, when you start doing periscope, you're and start zooming in further. Every then you have to angle it out, but you also have to somehow keep it. So as it zooms through, it's a line. So you start having to add like fourth and fifth sensors in there. And then that's taking up space on the back. So Apple has to figure out the AI for it and how to do this. And I, I, I think that we got a hint of it. If you look at what they do with the iPad, how it aligns your eyes and how it aligns your face, I think they're going to use that same AI on the back. So when you zoom in with the periscope and the other sensors, as you're zooming in and it shifts and it might appear to be slightly aligned, they'll just use the software so that it appears like it's still lined up like your other sensors. Because Apple yeah, right. likes to do that. They used to do that with iPods. Remember when the iPod Touch actually had features that they brought to it before the iPhone? Like, th those were the days. True, there were yeah. days where they used to do that. And now we're starting to see them do that with, like, the iPad. Pro um, promotion, mm -hmm. you know, was on the iPad, and then they brought it to the iPhone. Um, I mean, I, I could even see them doing mini LED on, like, the regular iPads and OLED, or on the regular iPhones. And then OLED on more to bring price down, and then OLED on the more expensive mm -hmm. because we're starting to see like mini LED is pretty good, um, and it has some advantages over over OLED as far as like um, how they can shift things and some of the things that they're doing with that um, for gaming and some of the stuff that they're doing with the SOC and we're starting to do they're starting to do some crazy stuff in there. But yeah, my analytical mind is all over the place on this, so I'm gonna stop now. <laughs> <laughs> no it's good man it's good uh so let's talk about the next uh subject here apple's mixed reality headset on schedule for early 2023 lighter second gen version with caught co with calling capabilities coming in 2024 what are you guys' thoughts benji uh let's start with you man I mean, I'm excited. Hopefully it does come in early 2023 and it doesn't get delayed again because it's been this thing's been delayed for years. Dude, this, um, yeah. So hopefully. Yeah. But a set are the fact that they're already working on a second generation. Um, That's with, crazy. Like, call me. capabilities and a bunch of other stuff. I think it's cool. Um, and it definitely shows that Apple is trying to push um, into the, the AR VR future. Um, which I think really is the future. I think we're going to go from having like five, I don't know how many devices, like most of us have like four or five devices to having just one or maybe two. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's, I think that's the future. Just having everything in one, you carry it wherever you go. You can work wherever you want really um, from the glasses and everything. Of course, it'll take a while to kind of get the same processing power that we get in computers and stuff like that. But we're already seeing like Apple doing, yeah. making big, big leaps with, with their own Silicon uh, with how small like the M one or the M two chips are um, and how, how they can power like, a, like how small they are that they could fit in an iPad and things like that. I think it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see the next couple of years to see how Apple does it. Like who knows, maybe they'll update the Apple watch and that will mm -hmm. have like the M four m5 whenever whatever the this these headset comes out and the apple watch will basically power the headset wirelessly um i guess going back to what we were talking about with the wireless technology that apple 
is working with. Yeah. Um, yeah, that'll be exciting. I can't wait. I, I I'm really excited to see um, Apple just going into this new thing that they've never done before. So it, it's going to be interesting. Um, as far as like the pricing goes and stuff, man, I've already said this before. I think it's way too expensive. Um, but I mean, it's Apple, so we, we can't expect anything less, <laughs> you know, uh, Michael, what are your thoughts, man? This is going to be a bad dad pun, but get ready for it. My thoughts are mixed. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that the initial one is actually a developer kit, and then that's mm-hmm. why we're seeing like some high prices, and we're seeing things like it's heavily reliant on being connected either to like, um, well, we don't know if it's going to be like initially to like a Mac, like maybe a Mac yep. Mini, or like to your phone to power it, and that's literally because the initial is just to get the apps and then see how they work as as the AR headset as like an interface. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think about it, like early Apple watch really was reliant on which iPhone you had. So some people had like, I remember people talking about like, oh, the Apple watch got horrible battery life and like this and that. And it's like, I was going like days with my Apple watch. I had the original one. I had the sport edition and I was perfectly fine with it. But also keep in mind, yeah. I was using like an iPhone six and then was up and then had upgraded to like an iPhone 10 when that came out and then upgraded like so yeah if you kept using that thing for like 3 4 years and if you were using like the base model iPhone that could support it that was one thing mm-hmm. um but i think that that's going to be the same thing it's like the initial one is kind of for developers um and the price in there is probably going to include um like uh, de- uh AR developing license because I don't know that that's going to be included in like the standard license because it wouldn't make any sense to force everybody to pay for it. And I doubt they're going to include that for the $99 license right now that it will be for AR developers and you'll have a license in there and maybe even Uh like a specialized um, phone or like iPad or Mac that's got like a specialized um, to be able to communicate with it. That's not Uh um, there yet. So that way it, it can communicate that as fast as possible. And then when they add um, the, the wireless like video um, upgrade stuff down the line to the Macs and to like the iPhone and the iPads that are, that are required to communicate with that headset and do the stuff. Right. That, you know, that will be built on the chip because initially they can just make a funky looking whatever and throw parts inside of like a Mac mini and with all that mm-hmm. extra space, just throw like an extra chip that's in there. Um, maybe a spe- specific like uh, um, dedicated Wi-Fi direct chip that doesn't have interference with your normal Wi-Fi um, and some other stuff in there. Um, I don't see it as like a replacement for a bunch of things for a long time, if ever, because people thought like iPads for a while and people are still saying the iPad should have replaced the MacBook, but like it never was designed as that. It's always been like the middle point in between. And yeah, you can do some of the things because it's a middle point. Yeah. You can do the things that you could do on an iPhone and you can do the things that you could do on a MacBook because it's in between. It's not, it's, it's was never advertised as like its own. I think that's going to be the same thing with the, the AR VR stuff is it's, is um you know it it can be replaced like 
I think the idea of like um, how you can use your keyboard and your mouse from your Mac on like your iPad or like across multiple Macs that eventually what's going to happen is you'll have like a Mac mini or a Mac studio or even like your MacBook is just setting down and like you sit down yeah. and it uses the similar auto pairing that AirPods use and you'll see something pop into your AR headset. That's like uh Michael's MacBooks nearby. Do you want to connect? And you just like swipe on the side of the headset or you just answer yes. Like it pops up with like a Siri prompt. Michael's MacBook is nearby. Would you like to connect? And you just, yes, Siri, I would. And it, you know, connects and then you grab your keyboard and your mouse in front of you and you're now connected with like a headset and you can have any number of of virtual desktops you want because that's been a thing for you know years and years is the virtual desktops um prompts um even like the gestures if you think about it would be really easy to have cameras sense right. your hands for the gestures like you go up like this and it brings up the dock from the bottom and you just move your hand like this to go between apps if you think about it apple's actually developed their gestures almost from the days of steve jobs at next when he had the next tablet and some of the things if you've ever seen one of those some of the apple pencil it well it required whatever their their pen was at the time that they were using had like notes and it had like quick notes where you have the gesture for it now existed back then and you're talking what in the 80s like 30 years ago <laughs> over 30 years ago 35 years ago that they're already doing this and we're already seeing others do i mean oculus has where you can use your hands to grab stuff but it's not very good and if you like move your head down it throws off the sensors and i've had it tell me times where like um it's lost my uh uh, what do you call it where you have to like assign the layout and i always assign mine just to sitting like the st the standstill mode um it loses the controllers it loses my hands but apple's already got um you know you have your sensors on the front right for face id and then you have the sensors on the back which like nobody ever uses but is used sometimes and is starting to be used and probably used for like portrait mode so the fact that Apple has that. I see what they're going to... I see an idea where you put Apple's AR glasses on and it uses the short distance sensors like it uses for Face ID to sense where your eyes are as far as like movement and even like the distance to the lenses or little projectors. And then the outside ones would be like the LiDAR to sense where your hands and things around you are. And that's already being used in an iPhone and there's already apps that are doing that. So as a developer, you could kind of develop your app on your iPhone or your iPad and take advantage of those things. And then it would just easily come over to the headset. Apple's kind of great when it comes to making it where iPhone and iPad apps can work on a MacBook. And now they're making it where you can make like one app and have it work across. Um, and you can even charge and charge one time. They already have things mm. in place. It's just a matter of format. It's kind of like, you know, the flip, this device, the flip device is not any different than what's existed for years. And the, the, a lot of the software on it's very similar to what we've seen. Um, it's the same idea. And I don't know. I think that it's just another step of how technology is included in environments around us. Samsung has their frame displays, um, you know, 
where it's kind of like a TV, but it blends into what's around you. Um, if I could put on glasses like these, like imagine 10 years from now, if we sit down and have this similar conversation, but you don't realize that these right here are just my like Apple glasses. And mm -hmm. even the idea of like, you go and um, you go to your eye doctor and you need like new lenses. Apple is so has like how they have their tap of stuff or like the the optical character recognition, which is basically, you know, what they've put in the cameras now to to pick up text. Just grabbing your yeah. iPhone and just scanning in your new prescription and sending that over and then Apple ships you like new lenses for your AR VR headset. I mean, you could technically do that with glasses already. Um, I don't know of any company that's doing that where you can just like use scan a barcode or even scanning barcodes and doing that. Um, and we're seeing. I, have, I have a question for you, Michael. How how have you not become a CEO of some company, man? I mean, you have a, excellent intake and excellent ideas, bro. You should you should look into start something. your own <laughs> your own smartphone company. Google, I'm taking over. You suck at advertising your Pixel. Um, I'm taking over. <laughs> uh, seriously, Pixel team, if you've heard if you've heard this, I'm kidding. You've done great recently. <laughs> It, it's actually the advertising that that made me buy. Actually, they've they've started. My first Pixel was the 3A XL, by the way, and since then they've gotten a lot better with stuff. But even the, but um, in all seriousness, though, yeah. like the things we're seeing Apple do is already they already give us clues at their future technology. You just have to kind of pay attention to what they're doing with stuff and and understand what they've done in the past that's done the same thing. I mean. We knew the M. We knew that the chip that we're using in an iPhone and an iPad was coming to a Mac eventually. They were doing that in the past. Um, you know, Steve Jobs, uh, like I said, when he was gone to Next, he was putting he was putting computer processors into tablets. Obviously, there was a huge thick thing. Um, the UI stuff has been there for years. Uh, mm -hmm. What uh, what's it called? You know, um, I hate oh got the little rocket ship on the mac you know and when you click on it you get the interface that looks like the app screen on an ipad or an iphone um the launch pad yeah the launch pad um i think that's going to be called app library before long because why not they already call it that on the iphone and the ipad um and i also think that that's going to become more prominent um i would like to see and i think this is another thing we're going to see with that ar vr is some of the gestures coming over because like on a macbook i wish and yeah you can swipe between apps but i wish i could do the same gesture to close an app that you can do on like your ipad where you can just swipe up and close it i wish that there was an yeah. option to just like pinch in with my fingers and swipe up to quit out of apps on a macbook because it would make things make much more sense because they bring all these other gestures between devices but there are some things that are just so like if you're trying to do the whole what's a computer if you're trying to do the whole, like, you can use an iPad like a MacBook, or if you're used to using an iPad, you can easily pick up, like, a MacBook Air and use some of those gestures and continue off. There are some of those things <clears> that just aren't congruent. That, um, but, yeah, I, cool. I, think that, I think that we're probably, I'm going to say 2030 is going to be before we see, like, an AR VR headset that's somewhat reasonably priced um you know 2025 oh, yeah, we could sure. see it we could see like a non-developer version release 
but I'm thinking mm-hmm. that's gonna be pretty pricey. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to be around the same price as like the 16 inch MacBook Pro, you know, $2,500 for like yeah. a somewhat base version and um, probably not with prescription lenses and probably like um, has to be on your local Wi-Fi or connected to probably not like a cellular model or even like a model that works on its own, um, probably connected to device or like I said, maybe communicates to your phone or computer like an Apple Watch does across Wi-Fi, but maybe not even that. Um, and then, so, and then, you know, five years from that, we would see um, a, a uh, kind of cheaper all-in-one um, version. Right. right. Uh, so let's speed things up a little bit. Um I want to talk about uh, the next topic here. Uh, Google's testing AR prototypes in real world next month. What do you guys think? I mean, I guess like just a lot of companies are now moving on to to working on AR and stuff because I guess a lot of people mm-hmm. are hearing that Apple is Apple's doing it, so they must must be something uh, to look into. Uh, I would honestly, right. Google doesn't surprise me uh, about of them doing this it would be really cool though to see like samsung kind of join the the party but they seem to be a bit too Agreed. too caught up with their foldables right now which we'll talk a little <laughs> bit about in a second um yeah but i think I I, i'm really interested to see how google's are gonna look and they're probably gonna release theirs before apple does um because i think that will give us kind of a look about of like what potential this technology actually has um and how it can like replace some of the devices around us and make our, our lives easier or better in a way. Um, Right. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Google's and it's great that they're already starting some testing in the real world uh, as they've shown like some, some stuff at Google IO, which was pretty, pretty impressive this year. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. It'd be cool. Yeah, definitely. Michael, any thoughts about this? Oh, plenty of thoughts. Uh, again, um, with Pixel, with Google, with the uh, Pixel Tab or whatever they're going to call it, set to be released next year, and then we're seeing like uh, Android getting the split panel thing, where notifications are on one side and like settings on the other, and supposed to like you swipe down, and you get your settings with your notifications under it, and then they're even bringing over some of the gestures to the tablet interface um, that are similar to like Apple does now you know, where you can swipe in and like some of the gestures they're bringing over into like Android um, 12L and 13 and we're seeing things for big. I think that's perfect again for the two sides. So you like swipe up with your right hand and you get your settings and you swipe up with your left to get your notifications or vice versa or however you want it set up. And then same thing with like bringing apps into play to swipe up to bring them in. the only thing is, if anybody at Google ever hears this and is paying attention, please, for the love of God Almighty, if I tell Google Maps that I want to take a different direction, do not ask me every 30 seconds, are you sure we found a faster direction? That annoys me. Constantly doing that. Like, we found a faster route. Are you sure you didn't want to take this? We found it. Like, that's the one thing that drives me nuts and why I will choose Apple Maps 
besides the fact that it integrates with my watch really well and you know prompts me on the, over but like a google headset would be awesome with their haptic feedback and like their um animations that they're doing and how like free of random garbage the pixel os is and like the mm -hmm. text to voice stuff that they do and um the object recognition and there's lots of things that they're doing and they have all this data for oh, yeah. maps and they have all this street information all these directions and even like um the object eraser i could see like i could actually see how that plays into ar vr because if you think about it if it can recognize an object that well to remove and then just like clear out the junk behind it Imagine that with like an AR headset so it can recognize like what object you're really looking at and prioritize that. I could see like how awesome that would be someday for you could you just go like this and I'm just like, I want to know more about this person tap and it just like pops up information because it can recognize that you're isolating that person out of the scene. But I, yeah, like, I don't know that they're going to release theirs before Apple. I think it might be close to the same time because of uh, some of the stuff, how Apple's been working with Google and Samsung, especially with like their password and get uh, like removing passwords oh, and yeah. authentication and the whole like wearable device stuff and even like HomeKit stuff. Because how are you going to authenticate a headset and like verify if all your information's on there? Like if you need to look up a contact, you don't want just anybody getting that. So they need to create a standard, especially like so that it works well with an Apple watch and you can just use your watch to authenticate that it's like you with your headset, but also your phone or like your Mac, whatever's around you sort of thing. But I think they want to create right. a standard for that. So that way it's it's just set in play. And um, especially like the idea of like, you could walk into your house and then your your headset, it's like, it doesn't matter if you have a Google headset or an Apple headset or a Samsung or a whatever. At this point, uh, OnePlus could come out with that. You know, who knows? Whatever comes out with a, a headset that it doesn't matter if you have Apple HomeKit accessories or, um, you know, Google Home ones or Samsung. And Samsung uses like Zigbee and some other... Um, now that they're all going to be using the same protocol and they're all talking about using the um, the new standard, that that's going to come into play with these headsets because you walk into like certain locations and you could you could grant permission oh, yeah. like when I'm at home or I'm at my office or if I'm over at Taylor's or if I flew halfway around the world to visit Benji and I walk into his house and I don't know, let's say I go visit him once a month because I'm there that often it could say, well, I recognize this as a safe location, you know, give me access to my private information, show it to me, read it out loud to me, whatever. I'm not going to be in public where I have to worry about like somebody stealing my password. I trust whoever. See, like those type of things are huge and they all play and optimization. Because right. how yeah. the problem with the ecosystem on this stuff is how much would it suck if you had to have Apple's like Apple router or like Google's um, home mesh network to use either one respectively efficiently. So if they're creating these standards that all these companies can use for their routers, all these APIs that developers can use, all this stuff that can be used no matter what, it 
opens it available to more people. Because the problem is you can only close down so much before you lock people out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Sure. Anyway, um, so we're a bit pressed on time now, but we've got one more topic and then we've got a couple of quite quick questions we wanted to ask you, Michael. Um, so there's there's been some like rumors and leaks about the Galaxy Z Fold 4 and the Z Flip 4. Uh, I think we covered a similar leak. I can't remember if it was last week or the, the episode beforehand. Um, but apparently we've we've got some renders of what these two phones will look like. They don't look too different from, from last year's models, uh, but I'm sure a mm-hmm. lot of refinements would have been done, will have been done. Um, look, I'm going to, le- I'm going to leak it. See, look, 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 I got both of them right here. I'm just kidding. Basically, might as well. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. No, um, Seriously, I, mean, I, think, I think the Z, I think the Z fold looks slightly different on the back. Like the camera modules look different. I think because that's one of going to be one of the like updates. Um, slightly larger on the one it's sensor. Al- it's also thinner. Yeah, I think it's all the phone's also supposed to be thinner and slightly larger. Like I think the screen's supposed to be a bit wider. So hopefully yeah, that improves right. the cover screen as well. The only thing I gotta say about that is it's gonna be difficult to have a case that is well protecting like protects the device really well um and do some of the gestures because even like their current model um like that edge here (laughs) notification for the stream um that edge here i took the case off that i was using because i had a bulkier case on there to get down to do like i can do the swipes from that side fine but this mm-hmm. side, um, which is the left side, which usually, you know, people, you know, you, you can do back gestures on Android on both sides. But sometimes with certain apps, it's better to do them from the left side or I'm just used to that. Um, or if you're using it two handed to be able to. But if they're going to make that bezel thinner, it's going to be really difficult to have. They're going to have to make a case that slants in really well. It's already difficult to make a rugged one for the current. Now I will say, yeah. um, if they do it in a way like this device, then right, it will be okay because it would just be a normal, and you have the like the normal slope. But for some reason, the way that they like to, the way that the Z Fold Three screen is, it's just it, it's weird. Um, so hopefully they can make it's that transition a little bit better and they can give an edge where you can put a case kind of back here and then mm-hmm. go right to the screen, but still protect the screen. If that makes sense. Yeah. Right. It's almost as if they don't want you to use the, the cover screen. They don't because then you don't end up using the inside screen. Cause that's what happens with my vivo. I end up just using the outer one for a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> I, Which, I, mean, that, I think that's, yeah. That's the reason why I would get a foldable is to mainly use the outer screen. But then if I want to like watch a YouTube video or do something on a bigger canvas, I've got it right there. I don't have to go get my iPad. Right. Right. That I think is an advantage with that. I don't even care if they made the inside camera like better quality necessarily. I just want those red dots to not be as noticeable. I mean, if you're watching video and stuff for the most time, they most of the time, at least for me, they kind of blend in. But like, if you can really make those look gone, and I don't like, 
it's not obvious that I know which way I'm holding my phone anymore on the inside because I can't see that dot really anymore. And I'm red green colorblind. So if I can see it, you're not hiding it very well. But anyways, like, but if they can just make that disappear a little bit better, um, that would be my only thing. I don't know why they didn't just put it in the corner. Because then when you're playing yeah. video, it's never going to show up in your video because the aspect ratio, it's never going to be where the video... So, for example, so with the fold, um, let's see real quick. If I pull up just the main page on YouTube, right? You got main page on YouTube there. You can see the dot, right? Over there. You can mm -hmm. kind of see it. And when I'm playing, and if I rotate, it's actually at the, it's within video. Um, be I'll show you. A so like on my on this device. Um, if I pull up YouTube, shout out to Ben. Um, I was watching his video. You can see the dot, right? Because it's got an actual dot. That doesn't yep. ever go away. That's in video. If I rotate and I go full screen here, there you go. Now you can see right there. It's in the video. Mm -hmm. So right. now on the Samsung, it kind of blends in. But these companies could have solved the whole problem just by putting it in the corner. Like the original fold, how it had the like the notch in the corner was yeah. just far enough over that when you played video full screen, that notch never actually cut into it. But then when they got rid of that like notch and went with a dot, the dot's just far enough over that no matter which way you rotate, unless you're holding your device this way. So if I watch video with this one, but because this device is more square, I can do it. If I have the video playing like this, um, let me go full screen. See how you can't right. see it? So I could watch it this But the problem is my speakers are down here, so they're in my hands. Now, it's not a problem. The way it bounces up and it routes, it sounds pretty good. But typically, when you're holding a, a folding device, you kind of hold it sideways so that the speakers are in like a tablet. If they would have just put the freaking cameras in this corner, you would never it would never be in video and you never see it and yeah. nobody would care. Um, and it's not like moving it that far over. If you're going to use that camera for video calls is going to make that much of a difference for looking at it versus where it is. Right. Just, just move it over. So, and then you can leave a permanent one there. You can have a higher quality and it's never going to interfere with anything you do. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we, Again, we're a little bit limited with time, um, and we only have time for one question. But uh, we were we were uh, thinking, if you could take over any company, any tech company, uh, what would which one would you take over, and what would be the first thing that you would do? Any tech company? Yes. I would see part of me wants to say like Apple or Google, but that's like an obvious and then pull like yeah. a Steve Jobs move and give everybody that envelope to walk away, like get rid of some people. <laughs> um, but on the other hand, like that seems like an obvious move. I kind of, you know what? I would take over, um, Uh, what's the, hold on. I got to Google something real quick. Um, 
I would take over BBK Electronics. Okay. And what would be the first thing that you would do? Because they own, they're the parent company for Oppo, Vivo, and all of those. And mm-hmm. I believe they also are um, involved with, so they have like a huge market share. Um, you know what? Never mind. I changed my answer. I'm taking over Google and then I am telling the U.S. government if they don't allow Huawei um, technology to be utilized again and for the advancement of um, all of technology and competition, if they don't allow it back into the U.S., that the U.S. government is no longer granted access to use the Google search engine. I don't know if that's Ooh. considered. I don't know if you can do that. I don't know if you can legally do that. And it might kill Google. But on the other hand, there is literally the other 96% of the world. Podcast, you know. <laughs> there's only, if you think about it, the United States is only like 4% of the world's population. So I could, yeah, maybe that would be my move, like to get, or, um, you know what better yet just license license huawei technology license their software ingenuity that they're doing with like their um smart interface as far as like that connects all their hardware um and their 5g and stuff um license it and then completely move manufacturing of that to the united states so you don't have to worry about it it's not going to communicate through the servers because there's that's the issue with why huawei got banned and then zte as well but most people don't really know about the ZTE thing and ZTEs never never really got fully banned. But um, I would mm. license that technology. Um, you know, the early Nexus days was Huawei made the Nexus. And, um, you know, that's where they got their camera advancements and knowledge from and the people that worked for them. And then that moved on. And then Motorola, I do believe as well. Um, so I think Google... Yeah. Um, and just really take some of the things seriously. Um, refine um, things as far as like we don't need Chrome OS running on every hardware. We don't need companies selling super expensive Chrome OS devices um, right. and then throwing right. basically the narrow it down. Um, also, fully utilizing desktop interface on the Pixel as far as like video out and some of that stuff and um, like a Wi-Fi direct mode on the Chromecast or like the Google TV stick, kind of like how you can with an Apple TV where it doesn't require you to have a separate Wi-Fi network. You can do it from your phone and just bringing things Mm -hmm. in and really refining the ecosystem because I believe they're like 99. I'm not going to say 99.9, of the way there. Um, and basically telling Samsung, like, yeah, we'll work with you, but dudes, like, stop creating your own versions of the same thing we have and putting it on the Samsung device. Like, create your own and then, or, you know, use ours and work with us if it needs to be optimized for your hardware. But stop having, like, multiple versions of calendars, multiple versions of all this, and, you know, um, just utilizing some of that and making some great deals, um, selling people on cloud storage uh bringing their voice to text to like desktop um allowing it to just be everywhere for that gate that data gathering because it's all what it's about and that's what i would do 
I would take over Google and I would just make competition be taken more seriously, um, speed up the process as far as like internet. Um, I would fight the the ISP providers anywhere I could. I mean, they have a lot of money. They could do a lot of <laughs> get get your right. broadband, get your cellular, get all this in check, and um, you know, get somebody who takes things seriously and is willing to just kind of work with um, regulations and get competition back out, make things fun again. So yeah, exactly, exactly. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Michael, for joining us uh, for this episode. It was it was great to, to hear a lot of your insight and uh, and thoughts on on the various topics that we covered. Um, for those who are listening or watching, if you want to follow Michael or you want to follow any of us, the links will be in the description or the show notes, um, and all, as well as all of the news articles that we covered in today's episode. Um, Taylor, do you have any last thoughts or anything you wanted to say before nope. we conclude? No, that's awesome. it, man. Well, I just want to thank you guys once again. And um, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed the, the episode. Let us know what you guys think about each of the topics that we've discussed. And we'll see you guys in the next one. Yep, this was episode 39 of the Tech Unlocked podcast. Catch you guys next week.